G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, we had planned a little bit of a theme today around education standards and what we think as Christian believers about education and things that are going right or in most cases things that might be going wrong right now. As you will be aware that from time to time so many students are now skipping school, wagging school, to go and be a part of some form of a protest march. And you might be led to believe that in so many instances, what's happening in our education system could be hijacked by a whole lot of ideologically driven ways of doing social justice and turning children into social justice warriors rather than giving them a sound education. Well, Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been writing about some things like this through the week and back with us. Hey, Bill, welcome back to 2020. Always good to be here. Bill, we do get alarmed when we have children skipping school to go and be a part of protest marches, whether they be from climate marches or uh, issues to do with uh, even those reports of children participating in pro-Palestinian marches, which feeds into an anti-Semitic narrative. There are some concerns, aren't there, about students and what they're being shaped for? Well, there should be. Uh, Parents, uh, you know, of all things, should be concerned that, uh, well, in the old days, right, the three R's was what we wanted our kids, right? Reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, you want to prepare them for uh, a successful life in the world once they get out of school, how to be well-trained, well-equipped adults who can hopefully get a good job, contribute to society. But today it seems... uh, Education is much more about propaganda, ideology, indoctrination. We have adults, often far to the left, who are quite happy to have access to our children and, uh, you know, A, undo whatever maybe Christian upbringing they may have had with our week at Sunday school, but uh, to really push them into all the various woke agenda items, as you say, uh, you know, free Palestine and, you know, anti-Israel marches, uh, climate marches, uh, all the trendy causes that adults are pushing. They're quite happy to get kids, whether they actually know anything about the issues or not, to march and make it look like, hey, the whole world's in favor of this. And, uh, you know, these kids are one day going to be part of our voting block, part of our ideological uh, arm to uh, change society. So, yeah, parents ought to be a bit concerned about where school is at today. It might seem, I guess, innocent for some families uh, having children who might not be at school today because they're participating in a march that sounds like it's for a, a common good. But there's challenging things with the sorts of protests we shape our children for. I note that in your one of your latest articles, uh, you talk about a, a third great wave of redemptive struggle. 
And Christianity is in one of those, uh, a second one being socialism and a third one being this sort of environmental religious fervour. How do you think this whole thing fits into what happens, you know, in the history of the world? Yeah, well, I do mention that uh, American sociologist who actually penned that about 40 years ago now, these three great waves of redemptive uh, movements in Western history, certainly Christianity, right? The obvious real deal one, the true one, which is still redeeming lives 2000 years on. But a second major one, which really was a Christian counterfeit, Marxism or socialism promising heaven on earth, you know, get rid of these exploitive classes and end up with a classless society. So we can bring a paradise right here on earth, kind of like what Jesus promised, but a little bit different. Of course, the only ones to enjoy the good life were the Marxist leaders. Uh, the rest were impoverished and often starved to death. So, yeah, as a sociologist pointed out decades ago, this whole radical green movement is becoming really a third kind of major religious push. Uh, Chesterton, I mentioned, who had said uh, or is reported to have said that when we forget about God, when we cease believing in God, we don't stop believing. We start believing anything and everything. So for many the whole radical green movement has become the new religion, the new cause you give yourself to. You don't just give up school for a day or a week and march on the streets, but you devote your life to it. We got to save the planet. If we don't do this, we're all doomed, right? In the old days, you said, you know, we got to evangelize the planet. If we don't tell them the good news, they're doomed. So we've actually gone way over the same kind of religious motifs and ideas, but a new passion this time for, uh, right, somehow we can, well, maybe by eating bugs, giving up our car, you know, giving up private property, we can somehow change the climate. So that's the kind of thing that a lot of people are now believing religiously. So, yeah, it's it's a concern. I mean, people who care about the planet, and we all should, right? Christians are good stewards of the earth, but we don't worship it, and we don't go with false uh, narratives and, and agenda items. And I suppose you could say the COVID wars was a case in point, right? Governments uh, shutting down, basically, you know, entire cities, entire states and countries, and the masses kind of going along with it, giving up their freedoms. Well, so much of what, you know, the net zero and the other things are calling for will be equally draconian uh, uh, restrictions on our freedom, right? Where we can travel, what we can eat, how we can get around. So, yeah, a lot of things to be worried about here. Interesting to talk about Christians and environmentalism because what I pick up from you is, yes, of course, Christians are environmentally minded, but there's a certain context, isn't there? A context under God of being a steward of the environment that we live in. If you take God out of the equation and you just open yourself to the alarmism that often drives these ideological agendas, you're actually overstepping a sensibility where you actually lead to bad outcomes and not good. It's interesting, isn't it, to apply our Christian worldview to the way we think about all of these sorts of issues, Bill? 
Yeah, well, absolutely. We have to. Uh, we got to think Christianly about all the major issues of the day, and that includes uh, the calls, radical calls for saving the planet. You know, are they in fact going to help, or as you say, maybe do more harm than good? And what does the Christian think, right? We don't worship the earth. We take care of it because God made it. It's good. But we know one day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So like, unlike the non-Christian who says this is all there is, this life is all we have. If we don't save this planet, that's it. We're all gone. Well, the Christian knows we do good as a steward in this life, but we look forward to yet another a better, greater uh, world to come. So that helps keep things in perspective. We don't go overboard. We try to be sensible, doing what we can, we might be recycling and so on. But we don't do policies that will actually harm people, impoverish the masses, take away our very freedoms, and allow kind of unfeathered big government to really, well, take charge as they did the last few years. So Christians have to think in those terms and not just take all of the panic porn, as it said, and all the fear mongering. Uh, at risk of taking us off track a little here, Bill, for the Christian believer who's saying, I do want to stand for something. I do want to be active. I want to be active with my faith in God, uh, I want to stand for things that are good, that are righteous, that will have good outcomes for a nation. If you're discerning who to follow and what to believe in all of this, uh, where do you think people start? Uh, the personalities that are calling you to act, uh, is it something that's based on you know, what intrinsically is a part of the foundations of our Christian faith? Where do you think people start in discerning what to stand for here? Yeah, good question. We should uh, discern, obviously. Uh, my website does have a section on science and the environment, resources there, uh, reliable Christian environment, a lot of good available uh, way as well. We have to be discerning. We have to look out for false prophets. Uh, back in wild youth, we had Dick wrote the population bomb said, uh, well, the battle to feed humanity, millions will starve to death. Uh, that didn't seem to happen. Uh, what Al Gore saying in 2009, that by 2013, the North Pole of snow and ice. So obviously rejecting those voices, getting it wrong with kind of a extreme alarmism. That would be part of the way to go. But, uh, yeah, I feature some of the more uh, reliable uh, folks on my current article and some previous articles. So, yeah, we have to be careful kind of who we follow here and be uh, discerning and uh, test which may be better than others. And, of course, Bill, it's not all uh, evil and bad, is it? Because there are, as you mentioned, uh, some groups and some leaders that have a very good perspective on the environment and perhaps you'll find good leaders with good perspectives on how you uh, protest or stand in solidarity around issues to do with the Middle East at the moment. But uh, what are your thoughts on, on some of the good news that we might be able to align with? Yep. No, there's, again, in my pieces, I'll mention some of these worthwhile scientists and environmentalists who are 
not doing the alarmism, but really trying to follow the science. And uh, some actually come out in pretty radical ways. Uh, one of the founders of Greenpeace, right, the well-known green group, uh, he actually wrote a book a while back saying he left Greenpeace. It had gotten really taken over by Marxists and radical political lefties. And so for him, he just, you know, what happened to saving the trees and so on? It all got politicized. It all got taken over by radicals. So he had to expose that. So I've got a book review, for example, on my site about him, uh, Patrick Moore. So, yeah, there are good people out there who do, right, care about the environment, are concerned, but are not pushing radical political agendas and are trying to be sensible in the science, which, A, will not kill us by, you know, exorbitant amounts. I mean, the whole net zero push is going to be hugely costly. And again, who's the one who suffers? Certainly the poor, probably the middle classes as well. The wealthy can get by with the radical proposals, but it's the rest of us who will suffer. So we have to take all that into account as we think about the planet. And Bill, just quickly, because time's escaping, and this is a big, big issue, but uh, a lot of young people, and we're talking about school students who might wag school to go to a protest, they're not getting their news from the sort of traditional sources we're thinking about. Uh, but they're on social media, on TikTok, and they're following people who have been able to harness uh, a, a generation and uh, this alarmism and such things and all sorts of different ideological perspectives. What are your thoughts here for parents who are trying to grapple with one of the challenges of our times in helping their children to be able to understand what is a good way to be able to engage? Yeah, well, there is a war, as you know, with media and alternative points of view. That's why we have Vision Christian Radio. We desperately need it to offset so much of the stuff that's either anti-Christian or just pretty radical, far-out stuff. Uh, well, hopefully my website, in a way, helps, right? I'm on the social media. My new articles go on to Twitter and so on. So we can all do our bit, and whenever I go and share somewhere, I say use the social media, right? You can post pictures of your coffee or your cat, uh, but post some good stuff as well on, you know, countering some of the radicals, whether it's the green ideologues or the radicals who are pro-Hamas, uh, the pro-radical sexuality agenda, the trans, you know, there's so many. We can share counterpoints of view and uh, hopefully help wake up a number of people. Well, I'll point listeners to the article we're talking about today and in such a way as we're able to embrace a whole lot of challenges that we're all facing and certainly our children and our teenagers are facing in a dynamic sort of a way. Uh, the article we're talking about today is Fundamentalist Fanatics of the Green Religion. And you might want to read some more of what Bill Muhlenberg has written. You can simply go to Culture Watch. Google that one word or go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks for more great insights once again today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.